0: Broncos country, what's up? Welcome back into a brand new episode of the show. It is Wednesday, June 17th from the south stance to the end zone. You are locked on Broncos. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, managing editor for Broncos PFN at the Pro Football Network, plus an NFL analyst and Broncos insider for the Locked On. NFL Network. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Cody NFL. You can follow the podcast at Lockdown Broncos. And in the meantime, go ahead and hit that follow button at Broncos PFN for daily exclusive written content covering your favorite Denver. Broncos. Today's episode of the show, we got a lot to dive into today, ladies and gentlemen. The NFLPA provided an update on the precautions and the preparations ahead of the 2020 NFL season, how that may impact teams, players, and the league in general going into 2021. A lot of stuff we got to break down here on today's episode of the show. Plus, we continue our projecting depth series at the safety position. We talk with Zach Seegers. He is a columnist at Broncos Pro Football Network as well as MileHighSports.com. We're going to break down the safety position, and much more on today's episode of the podcast. So ladies and gentlemen, let's kick things off. Here today, the NFLPA, they held an emergency call yesterday with agents and various stakeholders across the National Football League, and they discussed some of the precautions, some of the preparations that they are making ahead of the NFL schedule, ahead of the 2020 training camp portion, which is supposed to come up next month in July for almost every team around the National Football League. There are still a lot of safety concerns on the NFL Players Association side of things, the NFL Players Union side of things. There is a lot of discussions that are ongoing. However, we've got some news and some notes about what to really expect. What were the key things that were talked about in that call yesterday? First off, there will be no minicamps through the end of June. This was one of those expected moves that we already anticipated happening. We know for the Denver Broncos, mini camps were not going to happen. The only time that players will be reporting to the facility is for training camp. But a memo will be sent out to players very soon about what to expect. And additionally, they will tell players what protocols they will have for how to proceed. And those will be developed within the next 30 days. Also on the NFL Players Association side of things, they are preparing for a salary cap reduction. In 2021, the collective bargaining agreement includes a clause on good faith negotiations for cancellations of games and how it would impact a loss of income, loss of revenue. This also includes how it could also impact the salary cap in the 2021 NFL season. The NFLPA noted that a season without fans in the stands would equate to a three plus billion dollar loss of revenue, which would impact the salary cap going into next season. And because of this, the NFLPA, they are preparing for a potential drop in the 2021 salary cap cap due to a loss of revenue from the 2020 season. This has a lot of implications in terms of contracts, especially for players that are trying to be able to sign long-term deals. You got guys going into contract years. I think it's absolutely more imperative now that with this concern that's been brought up, I think the Denver Broncos need to do whatever they can possible to lock up Justin Simmons long term. Because what happens if he plays on the franchise tag, the NFL salary cap drops in 2021, that would drastically impact their ability to potentially retain him if he did play on the franchise tag in 2020 and then hit unrestricted free agency. That, to me, I think is something the Broncos had to really prioritize. They have July 15th as the deadline to be able to do so with Justin Simmons. And there is some strong optimism that deal will happen by the July 15th deadline. But now I think the pressure is even on even further. You got to get this deal done. Now, there are also some concerns they addressed about players that have pre-existing conditions. We know that Von Miller had COVID-19 in May. Some of the conversations that were centered around players who may have Pre existing conditions and are more vulnerable to the effects of contracting COVID 19. They said that if a player is in such a situation and they're unable to return to football in 2020, you know, there are some questions about what will be the outcome, what will be the ramifications for that player. And because of that, there is a concern about protecting the overall compensation and contracts of players who are unable to return to a team facility and play in 2020 due to pre-existing condition. Not saying that's necessarily going to affect Von Miller. However, it is something to keep an eye on for other players. You know, it could affect Von Miller. We don't know yet. We have no idea the ramifications of what this could possibly be if, in fact... And a surge occurs, a peak occurs and other things that occur that could impact you know, the player health, player concern and safety. I think that's always a top priority so this is an interesting topic of discussion here. Also, the NFLPA addressed that veteran free agents, they may be prohibited from signing with teams. Player physicals remain a major issue across the National Football League. The NFLPA said that some teams disallow players getting physicals at the office of a team doctor and usually mandate that the team doctor must perform the physical on players at the team facility. There is a lot of concern about existing free agents and their inability to work out for particular NFL teams, participate in mini camps, or even take physicals, especially with training camp being next month. Right now, the NFLPA is concerned that there's no fix for veterans who are still on the market right now. In fact, a lot of teams are currently prohibited from bringing in free agent players to even examine them or sign them to a contract. So the NFL, they're looking at different ways on how to be able to implement digital signing and minimize the face-to-face, in-person contact. Now, when the NFL regular season does kick off, what will the testing, what will the precautions look like? Says the NFLPA, they're looking at a lot of these risk factors that are occurring, and just because NFL players are conditioned athletes, it does not exclude them from potentially being harmed by COVID-19. We saw yesterday in the national media, various Cowboys players, various Texans players tested positive for COVID-19. So the goal for the NFL, the NFLPA, they say is fitting the football into the virus and not vice versa. The NFLPA is also looking at the development of face shields that players will wear as a way to stop the transmission of the virus. The NFLPA is also involved in a joint task force with the league for both viral and antibody testing. And they believe that there is a 90% chance of a legitimate saliva test for the virus by the time that training camps open. And the plan right now is to have everybody regarding coaches, regarding staff, regarding players to be tested once they return to team facilities. Even if they were tested a day before they travel to a team facility, they will take another test once they get there. This is an expectation that will arise where the NFL will test everybody every three days. So this is a huge huge potential move, potential kind of ramification of what COVID-19 is doing to the NFL. There was also a discussion about the roster sizes and contingency plans on what happens if they have to cut into training camp and other things. So the NFLPA, they thought about expanding training camp rosters to about 95 players and delaying the cut down dates. But overall, they said while it would be favorable from a football standpoint, bringing in more players to a team facility and having 95 players on the field at one time is a greater risk for COVID-19 transmission. And the NFL has yet to create a contingency plan because there are no answers right now if the NFL shuts down in the middle of training camp or in the season. If the state of Colorado were to shut down in the middle of August or September, you know, what will happen to the Broncos? The NFL doesn't have any answers at this point in time and what that may look like in terms of how it impacts the overall spectrum of the National Football League. I think some of the more concerning topics here regard around obviously just player safety and some of these precautions. You know, John Harbaugh of the Ravens even factored in and said that look, with 90 men on the training camp roster, you cannot physically space out lockers six feet apart. There's a lot of concern about how that may happen. Is it realistic enough for the NFL to be able to mandate or even uphold these guidelines? in a capacity standpoint. There are a lot of questions that are really riding on this topic of discussion. Well, hopefully we can find out more from the National Football League in the coming weeks before the start of NFL training camp. We don't even know if there's going to be fans allowed at training camp. We don't even know what the media access is going to be like at training camp just yet. So there are a lot of things falling into place in terms of how training camp will go on and how the NFL will start on time. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We're going to talk with Zach Seegers. We're going to break down the safety positions, free safety, strong safety. We're going to talk about the players and analyze their scheme fits a lot more going to Denver in our projected series with Zach Seegers, columnist at Broncos Pro Football Network. We talk with him coming up here in just a moment, but I got to tell you guys about the sponsor of today's episode of the show. That's our good friends over there, rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating? Questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts off of his computer choosing the only brand that his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers that have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket because chain stores they have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they are reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or an account login i needed a new leather steering wheel replacement for my car due to sun damage and i was able to order that on rockauto.com one thing i like about rockauto.com is that their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands the specifications and the prices that you prefer so go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts that your car will ever need rockauto.com what's up broncos country hey we got a lot of exciting things we got going on here locked on broncos we're continuing our project in depth series but i'm joined by a guest today we're start doing something new i'm gonna start bringing in everybody that projected positions with me. And I've got Zach Seegers of Mile High Sports. He's now the new columnist for Broncos Pro Football Network alongside me. I was very, very excited to be able to get Zach on board because he's very, very talented, very phenomenal. So, Zach, welcome in, my man. I'm very excited to have you on here with me to break down the safety position today. Absolutely. Glad to be here, uh, Cody. So what we're going to get into, and Zach's been listening along, and if you guys in Broncos country have been listening along, we take a look at the position. We talk about the players there. We're going to look at the starters first. I always like to highlight the starters. So let's talk about Kareem Jackson. I want to talk about the strong safety position for just a moment here. Now, for the Broncos in 2019, he was one of their key offseason additions. There was a lot of questions. Is he going to play safety? Is he going to play cornerback? Well, the idea was that he was going to be that strong safety player for this Broncos defense. They had an injury to Bryce Callahan early on at training camp. And so at that point, they had to fluctuate, move him around a little bit and he ended up playing a strong safety role eventually once Duke Dawson took over in the nickel. So when he was able to get there, the Broncos' productivity against the run, it definitely improved. Combine that with Alexander Johnson being inserted into the starting lineup – but Kareem Jackson was one of those guys that just stood out on tape every single week, just coming up and, and just tackling people uh, and just really kind of beating everybody there. I mean, I believe he led the team in total tackles for losses overall. So, Zach, you know, what was your impression of Kareem Jackson in 2019 overall and really going into a second season with Vic Fangio? What do you project for him even further?
1: You know, I think it'll it'll only get better for him. Of course, he's aging and he is a, a older defensive back. But it was his first season, uh, you know, playing that much strong safety. And and again, like you said, it was really a season of flux for him. You know, he he started out in training camp. He was going to be the safety, and then he moved to corner, and then he moved back to safety. I think having a, a a off season, even though it is a truncated one, and then getting to you know just focus on one position throughout training camp and throughout practice uh, will be really beneficial f- uh, for him. And and again, this is a guy who, when he was paired with Justin Simmons at safety last year. Ah, uh, you could argue they were the best safety duo in the league. really, it's a it's a two team race between uh, uh, them and uh, Harris and Smith and Anthony Harris over with the the Vikings. Um, so I think you you give him more experience in that role, uh, more focus on that one position. And uh, I think he can only improve and get more natural there.
0: And I like that you mentioned that the combination of him and Simmons, I felt like really elevated what the Broncos, you know, entire defense looked like. Now everybody was concerned at the Broncos injuries on the secondary, at cornerback, various other pieces. But really I think when you had the young cornerbacks that the Broncos had out there, when you factor in Devontae Harris, Isaac Yadam, I mean, even Devontae Bosby, when they were able to step up and obviously play a role for the team, having those guys that are experienced and very smart, Kareem Jackson's a very smart football player. a very smart football player. Same thing with Justin Simmons. It made up for some of the areas you were concerned about at the corner position, because you had athletic guys over the top. One thing that I commonly saw with the Broncos out of their match zone concept, and they'd also go a lot of man to man coverage as well. Kareem Jackson would obviously play on that number two guy. He'd cover tight ends, but his game, his homecoming game against Houston, to me, that was one of the games that stood out his game against the Tennessee Titans lights out. Those are games that stood out to me as, as a guy that took over, but let's talk about that Houston game. I mean, he, It was a chip on his shoulder. He felt like they just let him go, and they didn't really value him. And so, I mean, he physically made them pay. I mean, I'll never forget that shot that he took on DeAndre Hopkins, and they're very good friends. But, you know, in football, you're not friends on Sunday. So that was a really great thing to see. He had obviously had that fumble recovery uh, return. He also had an interception in that game as well. He was able to cause havoc. And so for Kareem Jackson, I think that he's going to be a valuable player when we get into talking about the younger guys here in a little bit for those young guys in that safety room. Now – Let's shift our focus over to the superstar of this Broncos defense. And Zach, I think it's almost unanimous that – When people talk about the Denver Broncos defense, they think of Von Miller. But now I think that they think about Justin Simmons as well. That's how much he's evolved. And I always like to talk about it. I felt like in 2018, I felt like in 2017, Vance Joseph and Joe Woods, I didn't feel like they utilized him to the best ability possible. I think Vic Fangio, because Justin Simmons is one of the smartest guys there, they put him in a position to succeed. And that, to me, I think was very exciting to see him grow under Ed Donatello. And Vic Fangio, what were your takeaways from Justin Simmons' 2019 season? Because to be honest with you, he was probably the most improved player on the Broncos roster overall, and he took a a, a star prominent role to be this team's next superstar.
1: Yeah, I, I would say just that. You know, he really made that – uh, most in, the most improvement of anyone on the roster. He made a tremendous leap. And I think Vic Fangio's a, a huge part of that. He's always been, you know, if you're a, uh, intelligent athletic safety in a Vic Fangio defense, he's going to make you look good. I mean, look at Eddie Jackson with the Bears uh, and what Fangio did there with him. I think Fangio and uh, Donato were huge for um, uh, his development. And, and I think Fangio and Donato have been great for uh, uh, Simmons' development and even Jackson's development. Um, you know, you know, for that, for what's that worth, uh, sorry, for what it's worth. Um, and yeah, I, I just think Simmons uh, will continue. I think this whole defense will continue to gel better together, more experience in that Fangio defense, of course, uh, out of the gate last season, they really, really struggled. Um, and I think, you know, cause it is a complicated defensive scheme. Uh, the more comfortable they become in it, the better they'll be. And and I think this year is really when you'll see, you know, the Fangio defense is famous for uh, creating, turnovers and opportunities and and uh, making plays for the defense and I think we'll only see more of that uh, this season with Justin Simmons
0: I think the most exciting thing about Justin Simmons development as a player is just the fact that we saw him go from you know a player in 2018 that was just not really quite sure what his true role was going to be and then all of a sudden he transforms into an all-pro player he should have been a pro bowler in 2019 to that point, his, his
1: first season starting, remember they cut T.J. Ward to uh, free up that spot for him. And I remember the, his first season starting, he was a, a goat, and not in the good sense, you know, uh, among Broncos fans. They were all going, I can't believe we let, let T.J. Ward go. This guy's a bum. He keeps making, you know, the wrong decision, blowing coverages. And, you know, his development has been incredible now. he Wasn't he second-team All-Pro last year? And yeah. I, I think even that was uh, underrating how well he played.
0: Yeah, him and Mika Fitzpatrick, you know, you make the case in the AFC about some of the good safeties. Tyron Matthew in Kansas City, look, even real recognized, real Tyron Matthew said Justin Simmons should have been a Pro Bowl safety last year. So I think the NFL world is starting to take notice a little bit of Justin Simmons. And not to mention, they got a great guy that's just, you know, he's a great football player. He's a great human being on and off the field. He just launched the Justin Simmons Foundation, which is a phenomenal cause towards supporting youth with initiatives, towards, you know, having mentors, also having access to education and a variety of things. So really love what Justin Simmons is doing in the Denver community. So here in a moment, Zach, you and I are actually going to get into the young guys here. You know, we talked about the overview quickly of Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons. What about these younger guys here behind it? Because look, the Broncos, they have until July 15th to lock up Justin Simmons long term. If they don't by July 15th, he's going to play 2020 on the franchise tag, which when we just found out the NFL, we talked about it earlier, the NFLPA is concerned about a potential reduced salary cap budget into 2021 season. That, to me, I think expresses the absolute importance of the Broncos. They need to get on this right now, right away. They need to get this deal done. We've seen John Elway do it. Uh, so I don't think there's any concern there. But, you know, for you, how important is this for the organization to be able to secure that guy long term? Oh, it's huge. You know, he's not – Obviously, safety is not
1: a, a position as important as edge rusher with Vaughn Miller, but he's that type of guy, you know, incredible, outstanding character. You had Will Parks rave about uh, how influential Justin Simmons was to his development. Um, and again, like you said, the, the launch of his foundation today, um, a, another uh, kind of feather in his cap. He's just an incredible human being on the field and an incredible human being off the field uh, with no real injury red flags. And like we were just talking about, his development has has been incredible. I don't think he's done developing either. I think there's more, uh, I think there's more room before he reaches his ceiling. Um, so yeah, I think that's just a no-brainer one you have to lock up and take care of. You, you can't let guys like Justin Simmons out of the building. It's like the Jets potentially trading Jamal Adams or or the Raiders uh, trading Khalil Mack to the Bears. It's just when you have a guy who's just a rock star on and off the field and young and no injury red flags, you just can't let that guy go.
0: And I think the Broncos will get that deal done. But Broncos country, before we get into that conversation, I got to tell you guys a little bit more about today's sponsor of Lockdown Broncos. That's our good friends over there at Bilt Bar. And yesterday, I am trying out this new intermittent fasting protocol. I'm not trying to eat as much in the morning. I'm trying to you know, be able to eat in the afternoon. And look, I was really craving some chocolate. So I grabbed the almond toffee built Bar out of the freezer. I pulled the wrapper back, and I took a bite into it, and, I, and guess what? It was like heaven because it is the tastiest protein bar out there on the market today because it tastes literally just like a candy bar. I mentioned the almond toffee. I mentioned the peanut butter brownie. That's just two of 16 amazing flavors. The bars, they are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and I prefer them with a little bit of a bite there. That's why I put them in the freezer. That's why I put them in the refrigerator. Built Bar is great for those who are health conscious. It helps me lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat, and the bars are low. Calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. So, Broncos Country, I want you to get involved on the action today, like other listeners of the show have. David Hyman has been an avid listener who has gotten boxes of Built Bar sent to his house. I want you to be the latest, and I want you to text me a box of Built Bar when it gets sent to you at 303 529 6323. But go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order today. Use promo code On at checkout for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. So now let's talk about some of the young guys behind him. I think that for Justin Simmons, where he's growing, he's still developing. I think that the potential that he has even further, I think is very exciting. But I also want to look at strong safety here. Kareem Jackson, he's 32 years of age. He just turned 32 this offseason. He's getting older. You know, let's take a look at some of the younger guys behind him. We got to see Trey Marshall last year step up in two games where Kareem Jackson got suspended against Detroit and against Oakland. Now, there were some mistakes that Trey Marshall made on the field defensively, but there were also a lot of plays that he did make. You know, he did give up that one catch on Kenny Galladay on a post pattern across the field there or it was the corner out if I'm not mistaken out of the trips formation and then against the Raiders he stands up the receiver rips the ball strips him and recovers that fumble there so there are things with Trey Marshall that the team likes for him entering year three of his career in Denver what were your thoughts initially on Trey Marshall in those final two games because look I saw a lot from him I know he's a key special teams guy but I feel like he could eventually maybe be the guy that takes over for Kareem Jackson when he decides to retire or if the Broncos move elsewhere. You know, I'm a little lower on Trey Marshall than than everyone
1: else. I know the Broncos, to your point, I think they're really kind of considering him or maybe Ojemudia as that uh, long-term Kareem Jackson replacement. Uh, but I just, and to your point, he made he's an excellent tackler and he's an excellent special teamer, and I I think he's got a, a good role as a rotational safety carved out in the league for a while. But he really struggled in coverage last year for the Broncos. Uh, He was targeted six times in coverage, allowed six receptions uh, out of all the Broncos safeties to get snaps last year. He allowed the highest uh, yards per snap total uh, in coverage. And again, while targeted by the opposing quarterbacks, even though it is a really small sample size of just six targets, he allowed a perfect uh, passer rating, which, you know, for what it's worth, uh, that that just scares me uh, for a safety, especially you know with a team and with a, a defensive coordinator in Vic Fangio that's never really uh, prioritized investing um, in assets on the cornerback position, and they kind of rely on on scheme to uh, uh, make the secondary play better than the sum of its parts. Uh, and I think a lot of those problems in the the secondary, you know, with Devonte Harris and Isaac Yadam and and Devonte all all making you know considerable. You know, playing considerable snaps, Uh, a lot of those problems were covered up by having such a strong safety duo in Simmons and Jackson, and I think the the drop off from Jackson to Marshall, especially in coverage, is substantial.
0: I'll be intrigued to see which one of these young guys, too, because for Trey Marshall, like you said, I think a lot of that could be equated to a lack of overall reps. I mean, I don't think anybody's you know it it expected that Kareem Jackson was going to be suspended. So of course, it's you know let's thrust him into the lineup. That, to me, I think I factor into it a little bit. You know, I think for Trey Marshall, when I did the film review on him, one of the things that stood out to me is that he is one of those guys that will come downhill and will tackle, right? It almost reminded me a little bit of Jamal Carter, who used to be a former Denver Bronco, who I thought was absolutely going to make this team going into the offseason uh, last year when we were having this discussion. So uh, for Trey Marshall, he's got a lot to improve on. Obviously, you know, being a young player, I think that's the hope. And I think that with Ronaldo Hill, with Coach Donatel, I'm excited to see how maybe they transform this unit here. Let's talk about some other of these young guys too. Douglas Coleman III was a college free agent that the Broncos brought in. Obviously led the FBS last year, eight interceptions overall. The thing that stands out to me about Douglas Coleman, you know, a lot of those times he's in position, I was watching the game against Oklahoma, and there was just something off a little bit about you know, maybe his just his effort. And I hate to sit on here, and I, and I never want to sound like I'm ever questioning a player's effort because realistically as a player, I always hated when people would question my effort if I was on the field. But there were a couple of plays it seems like he would take off. It looks like he had a little bit of a tendency to take some plays off. And that, to me, I think was concerning in the game I saw against Oklahoma. However, there is some buzz, though, that he may be one of those guys that maybe can come in and train the camp and compete primarily, I think, for college free agents. And, and tell me what your philosophy is on this, but I feel like your best chance to make an NFL team is on the special team side of the ball. Absolutely.
1: And and I think that's what makes it hard for uh, Aseng Bassey, another one of my favorite free agents uh, that they signed. I think it's going to be hard for him to make the roster because you know he's good in coverage, but he really struggles making those tackles with his size and lack of length. And you have to be able to play special teams and be physical and tackle. Um, and I think Douglas Coleman's a little... Uh, uh, more cut out for that. But, again, I, I still – I didn't see – he's kind of opposite of Trey Marshall from what I saw. You know, to your point, kind of ball hawking, good in coverage, you know, came up with eight interceptions this year, two passes defensed, um, only had three interceptions the rest of his college career. But uh, uh, still, you like to see the, those ball skills. But the, the thing that worried me was I, I didn't see him as all that physical. Um, and I, that worries me a little on special teams, uh, uh, being a major contributor there.
0: Well, you know, Ed Donatel, Vic Fangio's defense, they want guys that can tackle, be physical. So I think for him, if he wants to make it in the NFL, he's got to develop that mentality. It's something that can be grown. You know, it's something that's not like, you know, plaguing. He can absolutely develop it. I'll be intrigued there, but let's talk about some of the other guys too. In-house, Elijah Holder, who came over to the Broncos last season, played some cornerback in the preseason, and then Vic Fangio partway through the preseason, They moved him to safety and they like him there because he could process the field more. He's a smart guy. Obviously went to Stanford. He's one of those guys that maybe could be a backup free safety to Justin Simmons. But look, if they lock him up to a five-year deal, you know, I think that we're looking at Simmons there, you know, as a cornerstone piece for the Broncos probably for the rest of his career Uh, outside of that, you know, you need a very good backup. So if something were to ever happen to Justin Simmons an injury, if that were the freak scenario, You know, I'm looking at guys like Elijah Holder to maybe learn a little bit to process that because those guys remind me very similar to each other, both very, very smart. What were your thoughts really on Elijah Holder last season? You know, for me, he had a couple of interceptions in the preseason. But like I said, I think the thing that stood out to me is the way that he processes the field.
1: Yeah, I think Elijah Holder's my favorite kind of of this third tier of guys. I think you've got the top two, obviously, in uh, Simmons and Jackson, and then Trey Marshall's clearly the third best of the bunch. And then after that, I think you're going to have this big you know, swath of guys competing for that last, you know, they probably won't carry five, they might, but they'll probably carry four safeties. And, and I think out of those guys competing for that spot, uh, Elijah Holder's my favorite um i think like you said he's almost a more natural fit in my opinion at free safety there's not a ton of film on him there he only played the the final preseason game at safety i'm pretty sure uh but again in college uh i didn't love him in man coverage but i thought he was good um you know in in cover three and again like you said very smart player good at uh you know watching the quarterback's eyes and tracking where he's going with the ball um, and then also, he's got a little bit of physicality to him, which is, like we were just saying, big and big Fangio's defense. Uh, so I think
0: he's my um, favorite out of this bunch competing for that last safety job. And he's going to be competing with guys like P.J. Locke and also Kahani Smith. And and really, for some of these guys, I feel like those last kind of tiers you mentioned, probably four safeties coming into the roster overall in 2020. I imagine he'll keep one or two of those guys on the practice squad because the NFL's, you know, adding more space to the practice squads and the Broncos really value their DBs. Look, whether you're a cornerback with your safety, if you could play both corner and safety, you have a higher chance of being able to do that. I see PJ Locke being a practice squad guy for the Broncos this year, but you know, I can tell you this, Zach, the safety position, I, I'm not as concerned about it as I was going into last season. I know there were a lot of concerns. Who's going to be the strong safety. Well, luckily we saw Kareem Jackson merge there. We saw Justin Simmons merge into a budding leader here for this Broncos team. And now he's the cornerstone guy for the franchise. So, overall, the Broncos safety unit, where would you rate it like in terms of your level of comfortability right now?
1: That's a tough one. I'd say, you know, eight or nine. Because, again, I really think those top two guys are uh, arguably the best unit in the league. Like I said, it's either them or the Vikings duo. Uh, but the the depth really worries me. Like, I like Elijah Holder as a developmental safety. You know, I think he can develop into, like you were saying, uh, a good backup in case, you know, Justin Simmons ends up going down. Um, but, you, you know, I think the drop-off from Jackson to Trey Marshall is pretty big, and then the drop-off from Simmons to Holder or Locke or, um, you know, uh, I'm spacing my name's, Coleman – Uh, I think that's a a huge drop-off. So it's a really strong unit, but I think it's very vulnerable to uh, injury.
0: You heard it from Zach first, ladies and gentlemen. Broncos country, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Locked On Broncos. That's going to wrap up today's episode of the show. A lot of insight into the strong safety and the free safety positions overall. We learned a lot about what the NFLPA is doing in terms of precautionary measures for players before the NFL season, all in today's episode of the show. Major shout-out to our sponsors, rockauto.com and Bill Barba, Broncos country, we will be back tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show. Our projecting depth series continues as we take a look at the Broncos offensive line. We analyze the competition that will be had at training camp with the center position. I'm Cody Work, managing editor for the Broncos Pro Football Network and your host of Lockdown Broncos. Until then, Broncos country, mile high salute.